Welcome to Bronze and Modern Gods. I'm John. I'm Richard. Welcome, like I said, welcome, welcome, welcome. Bienvenidos. Hey, Richard, how are you? I'm doing good, John. How are you doing? I'm good. Just a reminder to all of you guys, thanks for joining us. And please follow us at Facebook and Instagram at Bronze and Modern Gods. Visit the website at bronzeandmoderngods.com. Hit like, hit subscribe. I want to ask every single one of you this week, if you really like the show, tell a friend. Uh, you are our best uh, marketing. Word of mouth is the way to go. <laughs> You're our only marketing, actually. <laughs> right, exactly. We're not spending money. Are you kidding? Uh, hey, we've got a lot to cover today. Our main topic, comic book variants. Are they worth it at this point? What's going on there? We also have our underrated books of the week. But first, oh, and the 25-year rule uh, back again for more. But first, our hot book of the week is this thing. You knew uh, we were going to cover it. You knew we were. Yeah. Uh, Ultimo Fallout 4 facts. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just look at it. Let's just look in the middle of the screen there. Look at it. What do you, oh, Richard, a fool in his money. I... I bought. I know. I know. That's why I'm saying it. I bought. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. What is it? <laughs> so Ultima Fallout 4 facsimile, the C2E2 Black Flag Acetate Edition. Mm, why don't you tell everybody what this what this beauty is? Uh, okay, so Clayton Crane, uh, who did the original cover for Ultima Fallout 4, uh, has this variant. Um, basically, he took his variant. Uh, which was um, already offered, and he added an acetate cover, basically a clear plastic cover that has some extra print on the cover that overlays on top of the existing Ultimate Fallout 4 uh, facsimile cover. They limited it to 750 copies, and it was available at the Black Flag, Flag booth uh, at C2E2. And now, before we get into all that, mm -hmm. let's just talk about the cover, the art. What is the meaning of this? Why is he holding a folded flag and says USA? I, I do not get it. Explain. I, I wish I could. Uh, it, it seems to be uh, an issue celebrating uh, or recognizing veterans. It's, it's, oh, so a portion I, of the proceeds went to uh, veterans uh, homeless uh, initiatives and to help veterans, correct? Oh, no. As far oh, as I know, oh, it's not the case. Oh, so it's pandering to veterans. <laughs> Apparently, yes. I, 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 this is, you know, I'm being a jerk purposefully because I'm a veteran. I, I you know what? I, I hate to speak because I do not know specifically what the, how the proceeds of this book are divided or sent out. Um, the, um, the owner of Black Flag apparently posted an explanation to, to his Facebook page. And according to the CGC forums, I went to try to find that and it's gone. So he's, he's removed. So he's already removed his apology video. Got it. Yes. yes. All right. So this thing sold for 75 bucks, right? 75. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you paid what for yours? I paid 220 for mine. It's right now on eBay selling for around 260. Uh, some point there was uh, best offers taken under 300 bucks that we saw. It's cooling down a bit, but you know, questionable artistic choices aside, selling uh, this 750 thing aside, 
I want to talk about CGC's role in this because this thing is already getting slabbed. I guess they sold pre-sales of uh, pre-slabs of, of this thing. Some of them are graded at 10 points. Uh, some are 9.9s already. How in the living hell could this book, with two additional staples added, not by the manufacturer, but by the retailer, because they actually literally took copies of Ultimate Fallout 4 facsimile edition that came out last year and stapled a new acetate cover to it, thereby marrying a new cover to an existing book. And this is being graded with a blue label. Not only a blue label, but a 10. A blue label 10. Yes, I cannot, I cannot understand. Now, CGC is, has a history of these kind of, let's say, call them promotional Bad ideas. Um, yes, bad ideas. The the uh, invisible copy. Uh, which... oh, I'm just saying. I was making a bad pun about CBC's <laughs> bad ideas. Uh, and and the, the bad idea book they graded every grade between uh, 0.5 all the way up to 10, uh, and it was an you know it's just an arbitrary grade they assigned, and and to me it cheapened the value of CGC's uh, grading, and I think this book also has that potential of really just putting a black eye in CGC's uh, column in terms of, of just being able to grade books. I don't know, Richard. Uh, after the blowback that they got from the bad idea thing, I think they learned their lesson. They're not going to do stupid stuff like this again. Oh. <laughs> oh. No, I, to me, this is more of a, this is a, this is the marketing department at CGC talking, not the grading uh, arm of the company. And um, yeah, to me, it's a terrible, it's a terrible, it's a, it's a terrible smell that, you know, it's just associated with, with CGC's grading. And not only that, now there's rumors that Marvel did not approve this variant. So basically Clayton Crane and Black Black Flag just went, took upon themselves to make 750 copies of this particular variant without Marvel's approval. There's all sorts of social media rumors and innuendo flying around about this whole thing. We weren't there. We no. don't know. Here, we're going to speak to what we know, and that is CGC graded this book. Here is the census. I'm going to bring it up right now on the screen. There are multiple copies graded already, so that is a fact. That All the other stuff, we don't know. We don't right. know uh, any of that, so we're not talking about it. So you can try to go listen to it all you want. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> but this entire thing is a huge dumpster fire of fail. Yeah. No one wins in this whole this whole system or this, this whole situation. This just makes me more and more secure in my choice and your choice as well, even though you bought one, uh, to avoid most modern books in exchange for good old bronze, silver, and gold. Okay. The, the only reason I, I know, this- We all know why you bought it. <laughs> it's you know, if it had been if it had been cap, would you have bought it? No. I- no. However, there's a lot more cap out there for me. That's true. That's oh, true. I get it. I get why you bought it. Am I am I severely disappointed in you? Absolutely. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it was you know it's FOMO definitely did strike. You know, uh, a, a friend of this show, um, Taj, reached out to me and and told me Taj Lawson uh, that it was available. But you didn't know everything else about it. I didn't. No, yeah, I didn't know that it, it, it was. Um, 
at the time uh, it was being sold on uh, whatnot. Oh, is that where you bought it? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, okay. We're, we said we weren't going to talk about that, so let's not talk about it. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, uh, you bought it from, did you buy it from a certain person on whatnot? No, I did not. I bought it from a seller I've never seen before. So, oh. Yeah. Did they uh, have a stack of them or just one? No. Okay, so here's the story. He had one copy that he was giving away. Mm-hmm. And so he had the giveaway. And he was, okay. Then he had a copy for sale. And the copy for sale, I won that bid at two twenty. Mm-hmm. And then he had another giveaway that he wasn't showing people, and he was all the time he's he's trying to he, you know he's being the the hawker and trying to bring people in to be able to have a bigger crowd. Um, he gives away the second book, turns out to be another. Mm. So I don't. He had at least three. Whatnot is not a market that I typically frequent. This was actually my first whatnot purchase because I've just never. I just never used it as a as, as a purchasing ve- purchasing vehicle. So, um, I have to say, the transaction went pretty smoothly. I'm okay. kind of impressed with that part of it. But um, it is definitely a, a carny atmosphere when you go on on what. Yeah. <laughs> let's just take a second for the people that are on YouTube. Let's just Richard and I. Let's look in the middle here where this book is between us. Let's just look at this thing, shall we? It's. No, it's not. It's it's not an attractive book. If it hadn't been Miles, and it hadn't been UF four, I would have passed this by easily. But I, I you know, I have to have all the Miles covers for for UF four. It's just I, I hear yeah OCD part of my 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 uh, being that has to be complete. So two twenty was a, a a fair price to pay to not worry about it anymore. Well, this book brings up a really good topic because uh, it's uh, something that we dealt with the past two years on this show. And I think you're going to deal with it again. And that is comic book variant covers and whether they're worth it or not. Do you think this one's going to hold its value at 220, Richard? Probably not. No, the, the, the odds are against it, to be honest with you. Well, let's talk about it. Uh, you've got some notes here. Uh, first of all, I think, you know, let's just start from scratch. Let's explain what we mean by variant covers, because we're not talking about uh, 35 cent variant covers that, you know, back in the day when they were test pricing Marvel comics and they were trying to see uh, if the market could tolerate a five cent increase. And so they did a certain percentage of the run with a different price. We're talking about completely different covers and things like that. Right, right. Cover only. I mean, the contents of the book does not vary. It's just the outer wrap, which is the cover, is different um, for that particular book. So manufacturers, you know, you know, have a history of at least Marvel and 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 DC of putting out a cover A and a cover B of a book. Um, they do that, I think, because it one it promotes the book, and collectors want to collect all the copies, so they're buy one of each. But sometimes they'll do a cover C, and then a cover D, and yeah. etc. Um, well, it works because it's really it's really done to boost orders for a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if if a retailer is normally ordering a hundred copies of something, but they know if they order two hundred copies, they're going to get this book that they can then take to either a, a trusted uh, loyal customer and do a markup on it, or take it to eBay or whatnot and get a huge markup on it. They're going to do it. Well, those are ratio. Uh, right, ratio. Yeah, we'll get to those for sure. <laughs> so yeah, so you know. 
they also have uh, Walmart as, an, as a vehicle for putting out uh, variants. Uh, the Walmart variants are sometimes are some very interesting covers, and sometimes they're just variants of the original cover, and they change a color here, a color there. It depends. Uh, then you have store variants. You know, a, a store can decide to uh, to put out a version of uh, of a issue of a comic, let's say a thousand copies or seems to be around what the people do and they can sell it through their store. Now, um, when the, that thousand runs out, Marvel can't print, you know, print another print run. It's up to the store to do it. So, uh, store variants have a nasty pattern pattern recently of putting out a book. Um, they do this all the time now. Well, they'll have a trade dress version of the book and then, They'll also do a version or, you know, a version without the trade dress of the book. And you can buy the trade dress version for $15, but you can only buy the version if you buy the trade dress and the version together for 50 And that is a horrible pattern, I think, because it automatically lessens the value of that version because there's, there are, there's a version, you know, the, the trade dress that's out that looks almost identical to it. And you know, I think it just, just waters down the value of the book. So when I see these, you know, these new books that are paired like that, I, I'm almost always pass on. What do you think holds value here in this area? Which which type of variant holds its value? You know, it's it, it takes a special sauce, really. I mean, I, I racial variants can go for more money uh, typically, but they don't necessarily hold value. To to, to me, for racial variants to really hold or any variant it has to be of a significant character or a significant yeah. event and uh and it has to be scarcity to it i mean it's if you have um superman number one and there uh, you know there are you know, you know 1.2 million copies of it out there i don't care what your variants are going to be they're not going to have any significant value and, and we've seen that with that particular book um and sometimes it's it's about the the cover itself. Um, one of my favorite variants is uh, Legion of Superheroes number twenty three, uh, the beautiful Adam Hughes variant. You've got Supergirl sitting on the on a meteor as it's coming down. Yeah. That that variant is 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 fairly scarce, and it's just a gorgeous cover uh, on top of that. And I think collectors want to have it a part of, of their collection, and and that drives up demand for it. I think it's even more simple. I think it's. The, char the character featured, the artist drawing that character featured, uh -huh. and the, the, the quality of that art. Your precious young allies, number six, Art Adams, Firestar cover. I yeah. mean, look at it. Why? It's beautiful. Uh, that recent Harley Quinn and Poison uh -huh. Ivy cover, or was it Catwoman? Catwoman and uh, uh, Harley. Harley, the, right. Mm -hmm. With the drink, with the cocktail. Uh, that, I think, is got legs. But, you know, uh, Super Twink, number six, one in 25 variant. No one cares. No one cares. Uh, right. We've seen this with 8 billion genies, the, the Glitter Kitty variant mm -hmm. or the Mario variant. Those are cool looking, you know, and they're genuinely get people excited. I think the the just the variant of the month if just for ordering 25 copies of Eternals number 14, bleh, who cares? Yeah. And, you know, things like Stray Dogs had so many different copies of variant covers. And, that, and that's another trend. You, you, when you have literally 80 different covers for Detective Comics 1000, 
it it cheapens the overall value of the book. I mean, it's just it's no way. No one's going to collect all eighty covers. Well, most people won't. Pay no one. <laughs> oh, they're counting on you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, variants variants. I think uh, it takes that special sauce. It takes that special um, quality to the books for it to be able to retain value. Otherwise, it's, it you know it it will sink in value. I'm not going to say it's going to drop down to a cover level, but it's just not going to retain value. You have something in your notes, and I'm going to give you credit for it. In fact, you should read it. Your last bullet point, because I think it's brilliant. You, you summed it up. It's mwah, chef's kiss. You summed it up brilliantly. Yes. For every Clone Wars number one variant, you have 100 Venom 25s. <laughs> say, say it again for the kids in the back. For every Clone Wars variant, uh, you have 100 Venom 25s. Sitting in your long box. Yep. Gathering dust. Yep. You know? Crossing your fingers for 30 years from now when your kids are ready to go uh, buy their own houses for $17 million <laughs> price back then. Uh, yeah. If for the most part, I, I don't, I don't buy, I don't buy variants the, the week they come out. I will right. give them time to settle because it's much easier to, to spend a little bit more for a variant that you really, you know, is really appreciating in value than, to buy, you know, 15, 20 variants when they come out and then hoping one of them is going to be cream of the crop. What do you guys think? What are your favorite variant covers? What do you think is going to uh, hold its value? Do, are you still doing this variant thing? Have you given up like me? Are you backsliding like, like Richard uh, <laughs> leaving church at one o'clock on a Sunday afternoon and going right to Bo's Tavern? <laughs> Oh, I'm just going to tease you. Uh, you know, uh, the, this this and the talk about the ultimate fallout uh, C2E2 thing and uh, Instagram all week. I, I want to take a minute here. OK, Richard and I, your 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 uncles, we care about you. We're your, we're your older uncles. You know, and we want to put our arms around you, comic community and say it's funny books, guys. Settle down. Good point. Um, IG has gotten very heated in the past couple of days. And um, I think pe personalities are, um, I, I, th I think people need to step back, like John says, and just realize that this is a hobby. This is something that we do for fun. And yeah. I, while I, I know um, people feel slighted or taken advantage of in some cases, it's, it's just comic books. It really I, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of it. I, you guys know we put a lot into this show on our own dime and our own time and our own resources. And we sit there and we see people take segments wholesale away that we created. We see people take our thumbnail style and even copy our font, for God's sake. Uh, and it's really easy to get worked up about it. But then I always... I always rant to myself and then I take a step back and I take a breath and I say, it's a compliment. Uh -huh. You know, we're doing this for fun. It's not our living. I think when it becomes your living, that's when it becomes a little desperate and you're really scrambling and trying to do stuff like we see out there. Yeah. And we don't want to be those people. No, no. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. Uh, I enjoy spending an hour with you every, every week. So that's this. This is the level of stress that I'm happy with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've been doing it for longer than wait for it, 25 years. 
uh, maybe we'll be doing this show 25 years from now. That's a 25 year old. Uh, I, I picked this one for you, Richard. This is this is especially yeah. for you. It is Lady Rawhide number four from Topps Comics. I think it's one of the last Topps Comics ever published. Um, Topps, you know, you know, you love them. You used to put their cards in your bicycle spokes when you when you used to ride your bike around the neighborhood in the '70s. So it would go and sound like an engine. Uh, and they had a comic book uh, division in the '90s. This. Lady Rawhide, of course, was a spinoff of their Zorro series released near the height of the bad girl craze in the 90s. Remember when Wonder Woman was wearing bike shorts and a short crop leather jacket? Because she was a bad girl all of a sudden. Drawn by Mark, Mike Diodato. Um, spectacular art on this from uh, the good girl art mainstay Est uh, Esteban Moroto, who drew Vampirella back in the 70s and 80s, I believe. Drew Sa Satana for satana for marvel uh -huh. um this was the second to last issue of lady rawhide i was shocked to find out this was written by dom mcgregor who wrote black panther and jungle action in the 70s and kill raven war of the worlds wow uh, was he slumming was it good you guys tell me i've never read this book <laughs> now well, this series for me is famous because of the adam hughes oh yeah yeah I, why do you like this cover richard <laughs> gee i don't know uh this series strangely enough was reprinted just two years later by image comics in a series retitled zorro's lady rawhide other people's blood i guess maybe the print runs were so low and they thought they could you know reach a wider audience i'm not sure why image reprinted this just a scant two years after it was originally released maybe one of you out there knows and could tell us uh, as far as the original Lady Rawhide number four, you can grab it on eBay for about five, six bucks. There are no slabs out there, so you can be the first. Tell your friends. Are you ready for your underrated book of the week, Richard? Yes. My underrated book of this week is Batman Beyond number six. This mm. is uh, the, the 1999 series. First appearance of a villain called Ink. Um, major uh, Batman Beyond villain. Uh, according to the TV show. If you watch the TV show, which I was a huge fan of, um, it's an underrated series, in my opinion. I think the TV show has an opportunity to really um, be something in the DCEU if they decide to use um, these, either either do a live-action version of it or do another um, um, animated movie. Uh, Ross, with this book, only go for 40 to 50 bucks on eBay. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm always one who is looking for the book that is significant, but not necessarily popular today. And I think this is an example of that, where you've got a first appearance of a major villain and um, the value of it is still in a reasonable range. Um, there are 345 of the, this book on the census, 161 are 9.8s. Uh, the GPA average for 90 days is $331, but the last sale was only $236, and I think that's a that's a steal. This is one of those books, and I frankly, I think all this is the last book of this limited series. There are six issues. I think all of these books uh, portray important characters in the Batman uh, Beyond universe, and they're all first appearances, and I think they're all uh, a great buy. So. Uh, I'm focusing on issue number six here because I think I think um, 
Ink is a interesting character that has a lot of potential to be used in, in some uh, upcoming property. But the other ones that are a part of this are also good. So uh, if you see this series, uh, pick up any copy you may come across. I have to give them uh, kudos for the name, Ink. It's spelled I-N-Q-U-E and pronounced Ink. And I just think that's original. It's hard to come up with an original villain name these days. You know? <laughs> yeah, no. And she's a great villain. I don't know if you've watched the series, but uh, she's in a number of ish, uh, ish, or episodes of the TV show. And uh, just a great villain. It's, you know, typical flawed character. Right. But, you know. But it's just a brilliant name. Uh, it does everything a, a name should for a character. It's evocative. You know it's female the way it's spelled. You know it's sort of like sophisticated and très franche. Mm -hmm. uh, it's cool. I agree. Totally. Kudos, Inc. Uh, my underrated book of the week is another female character. Uh, her debut in Action Comics number 521, the first appearance, oh, wait, <laughs> wait, breaking news. It's Tinkerballs, everybody. Hold her up. Let's see. Oh, hold him up. Oh, my goodness. Look at how big he is now. Yeah, he's huge. Holy moly. And he's looking into the mic. <laughs> uh, All right, so, we interrupted this underrated <laughs> week to bring you your kitten break. Sorry. He, he was, he was, uh, no, never apologize for Tinkerballs. <laughs> Action Comics 521, the first appearance of the Vixen. Uh, Vixen was originally slated to have her own title, uh, which would have been one of the first titles headlined by an African-American woman. However, it fell victim to the DC implosion in 1978. The first issue was drawn and completed and everything, and they pulled her off the schedule, and she sat in limbo until Action Comics number 521, when she teamed up with Super Duper Duper Man and made her debut. Uh, she was featured in the CW's Arrowverse TV shows. That's too bad. I know. Poor thing. <laughs> uh, that should be a good thing. It's not. Uh, she was part of the ill-fated Justice League of uh, Detroit era with uh, Vibe and Steel and Gypsy. Thankfully... Kind of like uh, Gina Gershon and Showgirl. She's the only person that survived unscathed. <laughs> Maybe Kyle MacLachlan uh, survived unscathed from Showgirls as well. And so did Vixen from JLA Detroit. Everybody else in JLA Detroit really just, oi, oi, oi. Just an absolutely underrated book featuring a long-term character in the DC Universe, part of the Suicide Squad for a long time in that John Ostrander run. Uh, it, I say underrated because we never talk about it, but it does sell for a pretty penny. A CGC 9.8 sold last month for $553. Wow. Yeah. There are 33 9.8s and 71 9.6s in the census. And this is one of those books that I never see in the wild. I don't run across it. Of course, I'm not digging through action comics in the bins. I never see it on a wall at a show. Um, uh, I just have no day-to-day uh, -day experience with this book and i'm actually going to start keeping an eye out for it yeah a nine eight at five uh over five hundred dollars that's definitely worth looking for uh you know that's not a lot 33 9.8 on the census from a book that in 1979 i think when this came out 80 was selling a good 
you know, 300,000 copies at the time. So that's a, that's a low census number in comparison. So good on you, Vixen. All right. That is going to do it. Everybody say goodbye to Tinkerballs. Bye, Tinkerballs. Oh, your, your headphone board is delicious. Uh, and make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bronze and Modern Gods. Richard, if they like this video, what can they do for us? They can like and subscribe. Please do. Tell a friend. Tell your mom. We will catch you next time. <laughs> Everybody stay safe. <laughs>